Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in to the SGT Report podcast. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you and your listenership. May God bless you and your family. So did you know that silver demand will exceed supply again this year? By a large factor, silver is one of the most useful industrial metals out there. And demand is soaring amidst the green new agenda. Electric cars, solar panels, iPhones, it all requires silver. There will also be future demand in the field of nanotechnology, the food industry, and printed and flexible electronics. You heard that right. Demand will increase by at least 50% by 2030. And there's not enough physical silver today. There's no better time to invest with Noble Gold than right now. Noble Gold Investments will walk you through the entire process and will take you no more than five minutes to open a gold or silver IRA. And this month, you'll get a three ounce silver American virtue coin with a qualified IRA of 20 grand or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. We do not understand the decades that have been spent creating the ideology and the phenomenology, the worldview of the neo-Marxist, and they're also cultural Maoists uh, that believe in the social justice theory, which has nothing to do with justice. It has to do with destroying uh, the cultural values of capitalism in order to destroy capitalism. And that's what's really going on. Hey guys, that was of course Dr. Jerome Corsi who returns to SGT Report to shine the light of truth on what Archbishop Vagano would call the children of darkness. Guys, imagine where we are right now. Whereas throughout the decades, these people operated openly, but in the darkness, and nobody knew about their subterfuge and their evil deeds. They hid behind their secret societies and their blood oaths. Well, now we know who they are and we know what they're up to. And so it becomes a very simple choice between good and evil. Friends, before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Do you hate paying taxes on your crypto gains? Me too. That's why I'm excited about my digital money. There are crypto trading platforms specializing in tax-advantaged crypto IRAs. With a traditional crypto IRA, you can defer your taxes until you liquidate. Now imagine investing in Ethereum now at $1,300 or $1,400, and if predictions of it hitting $50,000 come true, that's almost $49,000 in Ether profits you won't have to pay taxes on. My digital money also offers individual accounts for cash trading so you can have the best of both worlds in one platform. When it comes to your crypto investments, you deserve a company that will respect and secure your money the same way you do. Visit MyDigitalMoney.com and receive a $50 sign-up bonus for qualified accounts. Use promo code MDM50. Terms apply. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Sean from sgtreport.com and sgtreport.tv. And of course, the phaser where you can stun them with truth. I know that's tongue in cheek, but honestly, guys, you can't find truth anymore. If you leave PayPal in charge, we'll get to that in a second. Certainly if Google's in charge, they'll burn all the books. It is a modern day information burning. And Dr. Jerome Corsi joins me. Welcome back, Doc. How are you, sir? I'm great, Sean. Great to be back with you. Thank you. Great to have you. We're going to break down some current news today, some good news and some very weird news. And we'll get Dr. Corsi's opinion on all of it. Of course, you guys can follow Jerome Corsi at his website, drjeromecorsi.com. His book, he's an author, a prolific author. His latest book is titled The Truth About Energy, Global Warming and Climate Change. 
And part of our conversation today will be about Doc's new article over at American Thinker. But first, let me do a screen share. Doc, I think this is good news. I'll be getting this man on later this week to talk about it. It's attorney Tom Renz, who has filed a billion dollar lawsuit for the deaths of 6.548 million people, guys. That's right. Attorney Tom Renz has filed a billion dollar lawsuit against Echo Health Alliance, Peter Daszak, Barrick, I believe that's Ralph Barrick, and more for the creation and cover-up of COVID-19. Again, I'll be getting Tom Renz on later this week. Doc, your reaction? I see this as very, very good news. Well, it's, it's very good news, very big news, because now if we get, if the court will take the, the case, in other words, if it's not dismissed, this is a challenge to produce information, the discovery. There are going to have to be documents released. There's going to have to be questions answered. There'll have to be depositions. And we'll get to the truth here, which I, I think is imperative because these people that are being sued were all involved in this gain-of-function work that uh, Anthony Fauci was promoting through the Center for Disease Controls. And it, it, it doesn't seem to me that there's any reason we should be engaging in uh, enhancing these viruses to be more deadly for human beings. So a lot of questions here. And I think we find out the answers. We're going to have another opportunity to discover a big hoax, a lot of uh, lies that have been told. And this is basically the new world order methodology is to lie and cover up. Yeah, that's right. The good news, as I see it, though, and I keep calling this thing sort of the apocalypse, this great awakening we're in, all of their dirty deeds that they do in darkness are being uncovered and brought to light. And the crazy part is, Doc, they're doubling down. I'll do another screen share here before I share the latest news about Pfizer and its collaboration with Marvel Comics. This is a slide from October 22nd, 2020, from an FDA slideshow, their own slide doc that shows a draft of the working list of possible adverse event outcomes subject to change, meaning there could be a lot more. But at this point in human history, in October of 2020, the FDA and Pfizer knew that the side effects of the mRNA bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine could include things like Guillain-Barre, acute encephalitis. I don't know if I'm saying that right, am I? Transverse transverse Mm -hmm. myelitis, pericarditis, myocarditis, stroke, convulsions, seizures, deaths, a litany of ailments that are now showing up on the VAERS reporting database. And Doc, get this, that's not slowing these people down. And please comment if you'd like on that. But uh, they're not slowing down at all. In fact, Marvel is now collaborating with Pfizer to push the COVID vaccines in a new Avengers PSA comic book. So the point is, despite a billion dollar lawsuit, Despite the VAERS database, despite everything that you and I know and whistleblowers who I'll show in a minute down here within this article know, Pfizer is doubling down and Marvel's happy to cooperate. Doc, this is madness. Well, if you remember, people don't understand that the vaccines were introduced under an emergency declaration and the trials, the human trials that were typically required were suspended. So the trials that were done were never as exhaustive as the FDA typically requires before a new vaccine or new medicine is introduced. Uh, They were put through very fast. Uh, They weren't fully reported and they still aren't being fully reported. And uh, I think when you look at documents like you just raised from uh, the FDA, it's clear the FDA should have and knew they should have gone through extensive testing before these vaccines were approved. 
The other part of it is that the narrative that we're getting on this is completely as if they were improved, approved. In other words, they're completely safe and all these other representations being made when in fact that's not the way the FDA is supposed to work according to its own laws and regulations. The testing is mandatory and waived very, very, very infrequently. In this case, it was a rush to get to the vaccines and then a rush to suppress any information about their adverse effects. Well, we'll go back to this article here about Pfizer and uh, the folks over at Marvel partnering in a second, because there's some great truth tellers that are exposing these people via Twitter. Now, I don't get to be on Twitter anymore, so I can't be a part of that exposure. Uh, I've been banned just like PayPal wants to ban people and find people $2,500 if you use PayPal and they say you've spread hate or misinformation. More on that in a second. But, Doc, the bottom line here is that you know and I know that these vaccine manufacturers are literally manufacturing a bioweapon and the mainstream horror media continues to cover up for this activity. So this is RICO level crimes. Okay, they've used extortion. They've used bribery in their commercials. Remember, cheeseburger and fries. If you get your shot, maybe you get $100. These are RICO level crimes, sir. We have to bring these people to justice. And I, I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet. Well, and, and do you remember that these uh, this Steve, I don't know if I'll say his name right, Lightly, who was a artist for both DC and Marvel Comics, uh, died suddenly in January 8th. Just he said he was coming down with a cold. And again, it's another one of these sudden deaths of someone who's very young. He uh, was the artist for the popular comic series, The Legion of Superheroes uh, in the early 80s. And, you know, and I think another one just recently died. There was another artist here who died very recently in October 6th, Kim Young-ji, who is an acclaimed comic book artist, again, uh, for the same comic book, DC Comics, Marvel Comics died suddenly in Paris at an exhibition of his work. He experienced chest pains shortly before he was meant to fly to New York. And he was supposed to be at Comic Con, which he, he was transported to a hospital where he died, according to his statement uh, on his, it was verified on you know social media and others have verified it. But this is a South Korean artist who was very famous and he's gone too. So again, this has hit... Marvel Comics, it's hit. I'm, I'm sure when we get the truth on this, it's going to be shocking. And a lot of people are getting aware of these sudden death syndromes and of uh, fatality, mortality records that are exceptional, uh, women with pregnancy problems. I mean, it's, the list goes on. Don't think it'll be hid for very long. You know, Doc, I have to tell you, this absolutely enrages me. I hadn't heard about this person, this cartoonist, this artist, Kim Jong-ji. Uh, you just brought this to my attention and I knew died suddenly was trending on Twitter. It's a big deal over on Twitter. So the reaction from Twitter is to try to shut these accounts down. Bloomberg is now doing the same. They're doing hit pieces over anybody that is talking about those who have died suddenly. But look at the artist that they killed. I'm not familiar with that guy's work. I guess I am ghost in the shell. But the artist is now dead. The athletes are dead. The musicians are dying like Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for Foo Fighters. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. It's just absolutely shocking. There was a tweet there from Viva Fry. I lost it. But the point is, is died suddenly is a big deal over on Twitter because you can't get the real information from anywhere other than platforms like, well, Twitter covers up everything, don't they? They ban me. The point is, you're not going to hear this from Lester Holt on the NBC Nightly News, Doc. 
they banned me too. Twitter banned me a couple of years ago. Uh, by the way, uh, also you're seeing constantly reports of athletes, young athletes in the prime of their careers dying suddenly and or dying in the middle of being on the field. And, you know, again, these things don't just happen. It's not common that young, healthy athletes just fall over with heart attacks. So uh, I think the, the world is becoming aware that uh, this needs to be investigated and uh, the truth is going to come out. I mean, the, you know, the biblical references to that are exceptional, that you cannot hide the truth. Eventually, it will come out. And I think it's in the process of coming out right now. Although uh, it, the, these globalists, the um, you know, World Economic Forum globalists, New World Order crowd, they're going to do everything they can to suppress the truth. Yeah. And we just have to expect that. We have to constantly fight by, back. By the way, the three books I'm writing, I'm calling the uh, Great Awakening Trilogy. So I'm completely in agreement with you, Sean, about that we are in the process of going through a Great Awakening. The second book I'm just finishing now on the last chapter, and it's going to be about the uh, neo-Marxism, cultural Maoism, and the anarchy, uh, this these social justice lies. And I've written an, probably the largest book I've ever written. It's probably going to be over 500 pages in print on these issues, trying to show you the origin, the Marxist origin, uh, through the Franklin, you know, through Frankfurt School, Marcuse and others, uh, down through the you know the 60s and 70s, anti-war protests, etc. The yippies, the hippies, uh, a neo-Marxist agenda to destroy America. And uh, I think that book is going to be another powerful one. But I believe we have a chance here for the world to awaken finally to the lies that government and these globalists have been telling for decades. Well, thank God for that. And uh, it's just it's taken too long. And it reminds me a lot when I look at that FDA slide, I'll put that up again. It reminds me of NIST refusing to look for evidence of explosives being used in the bring down of World Trade Center 7. So well, they didn't look about... for explosives. So explosives weren't there, just like the mainstream media won't look for any of these things that we see on our screen in front of us to be linked to the vaccine. That's impossible, well, even though it's right here in the FDA slide. How about the uh, report Jack Cashel just released that TWA Flight 800 was, in fact, brought down by a missile. Mm -hmm. It was fired as an anti-ballistic missiles test, I believe. If you recall, that flight went down suddenly years and years ago and was covered up and uh, never had a cause really explained for it. But Jack has done diligent reporting on it, and he just recently reported that the evidence is now public that it was a missile strike that brought the airplane down. Now, that should lead to lawsuits, too. And again, I think lawsuits... Uh, should be flooding in these days with the people who um, you know, have, have been vaccinated and are suffering health problems. Uh, and you're going to find out that the drug companies all got immunity statements from the CDC before they were willing to release their vaccines. 
Well, I just tell you, you know, I so appreciate your voice and your intellect and your willingness to write books about this stuff and go after these people. You've been doing it for a long time. Obviously, you've dedicated your life to trying to expose these people. We'll go back to this slide because, you know, I used to work for Target in the marketing department at headquarters, right? Target Corporation. I was a marketing director for them for 10 years. So I know a little bit about marketing and big Fortune 100 corporations. Can you please explain to me? who these lunatics are in the marketing department at Pfizer. Did no one bump on this? They're so tone deaf, it's unbelievable. So the comic features the Avengers characters comparing them to everyday heroes who fight to protect their community by dutifully taking Pfizer vaccines and campaigning for others to do the same. So this is madness. This is the most tone deaf thing I've seen in quite a while. Uh, I guess, but PayPal's right up there saying, we're gonna find you 2,500 bucks if you do stuff we don't agree with. Within the comic, which is available online. One page states, you're among everyday heroes every day. What? Who even writes this crap? The construction worker, the florist, the painter, everyday heroes are everywhere in your community as long as you take the delicious, nutritious bioweapon. And don't ask any questions, doc. Do not ask for an ingredients list. I'll scroll down. Look at all the great people speaking out against this. Dr. Simone Gold, Toby Young, Laura Dodsworth, not familiar with her, but she says entertainment is sugarcoating for mind pills. Alexander Rogers says Marvel, Pfizer superhero names. Captain Myocarditis. Do you like that one, Jerome? Graphene Oxide Man. The Incredible Stroke. Jab Widow. The Amazing Spider Clot. The Silver Worser. Mr. Farmtastic. Mr. Pharmatastic. Prick Fury. Professor MRNA and the Human Purge. See, here's the thing. Even Kim.com is bumping on this, saying Twitter just censored a tweet from Florida Surgeon General who recommends against COVID-19 vaxes for males ages 18 to 39. Twitter says he violated the platform rules, or has he been censored for endangering Big Pharma profits? Big Pharma is a huge advertiser on Twitter. So Kim.com, he knows, everybody knows what's going on here, uh, Doc. It's just, I can't believe how tone deaf Pfizer is. Well, it, it goes back to World War One and Woodrow Wilson hiring public relations specialists. Uh, Edward Bernays got a start pretty much there. He was the father of public relations. I actually met him and spent a good deal of time with him. But the, uh, Woodrow Wilson hired public relations specialists to convince the American people that the Hun was evil and we needed to enter World War One. And uh, there's a lot of demonization going on of Japan in World War Two. I mean, these have been techniques that have been used and cartoon characters or um, making Tojo World War II look like a grotesque Japanese um, danger. I mean, just grotesquely drawn. So there's a lot of techniques here that are manipulation by images and association with heroes and cartoons. Uh, the truth, I think, of both World War One and World War II, I still question whether either war should have been fought. And uh, I think we were, I think Woodrow Wilson uh, was very anxious to get into World War I and uh, Franklin Roosevelt equally anxious to get into World War II. And I've been very suspicious of both, done a lot of research on Pearl Harbor and I'm convinced that uh, the Pearl Harbor attack was engineered by Roosevelt because it was the only way to get America into the war. Uh, the American people were not for going to war again in Europe. So this has been going on for a long time. Uh, I'm just hoping that we can expose more of it. I've yes, I've spent a lot of, a lot of my life fight trying to expose this. And right now at my age I'm de devoting to 
entirely just writing books. That's what I'm going to do is write books and articles. I'm not going to engage in active politics. I'm going to write because I'd like to leave some legacy works that may be read maybe more after I'm gone. Uh, but I'm going to try to record for people so it doesn't happen again how these techniques of manipulation are done, how convincing they can be, and how evil they are. Well, you're not going anywhere anytime soon, so get that out of your head. You've got some writing to do, sir, so stay healthy. And you mentioned wars that the American people don't want any part of. Do you find it amusing? I don't find it amusing. I find it very troubling. But uh, PNAC Honcho, Project for a New American Century, head honcho John Bolton is back over the weekend, essentially warning Putin that he's going to sign his own death warrant if he, in Bolton's words, uses a nuke or a strategic nuke or whatever in Ukraine. Boy, I tell you, I just didn't want to see that this weekend. Bolton, the neocons, the Zionists, they just they're unrelenting. And 30 years later, 25 years later, here's John Bolton again trying to destabilize Ukraine. <laughs> Take us to well, World the, War III. The entire State Department, and you saw this during the uh, Trump impeachment hearing on, on Ukraine. Was, was, he had two impeachment trials, neither one of which succeeded. Uh, that's how much they hated Trump. At any rate, um, the our State Department has decided they want to get Finland and Ukraine into NATO. Now, I'm not a Putin lover, but Russia has had imperial ambitions and needs as a, as a nation state to have access to the Atlantic, to the North Sea, and that's Finland. Uh, they've had ambitions to get access to the Atlantic, the southern route through the Black Sea and the Mediterranean, that's Crimea, Ukraine, Sevastopol, and the denial to Russia or the placing of a NATO nation that close to Russia violates the fundamental principles of nation states, which have buffer states. They have areas of, of influence. And Putin has now made it very clear, uh, this recent annexation of these provinces were largely Russian means that if Ukraine and the Biden administration continue to supply, and NATO and Europe continues to supply uh, military equipment, advanced military equipment to Ukraine to keep fighting, if uh, we have sabotage attacks on like the northern, uh, the Nord, Nord Star, this Nord pipeline, Nord Star 2 pipeline that is up there for Russia to supply natural gas to Europe, Western Europe, or this bridge connecting Crimea to Russia. Well, over the weekend, Putin just launched a series of very, very strong attacks. His next step is to, and, and Kiev, he also sent missiles into Kiev. That's the key. That's the real change. Now that now the war is in a new dimension. Uh, Putin, instead of standing outside the cities and bombing them or you know shelling them to king territory, the areas he thinks are important to Russia, he's now gone after virtually every major city in Ukraine to destroy the infrastructure. He'll take down the internet. He'll make it impossible to communicate, take down commanding and control structures for the military, for fire departments, etc. He'll start attacking energy sources, take down telephones, reduce the people to being unable to communicate, take down the bridges and infrastructure, isolate them, and then continue until he has, and he's threatened to use nuclear weapons if, if no one stops. And if people don't understand, we're 
Putin's going. He's not going to lose power in Russia because he failed to win in Ukraine. And that's just, you know, I'm a political scientist. I, my PhD at Harvard, 1972, is in political science. I have been saying these things all that time, that these nation states need their buffers. They need their spheres of influence. And Russia is going to have theirs, and it is Eastern Europe to a large extent. And if we don't understand that, I think we can infringe on that for whatever reason, you know, whether it's Biden's corruption in Ukraine or whatever the reason is, uh, it makes no sense. And Trump said he, and I believe it's the correct, Trump could intervene. Uh, we would, he would be able to come to an accommodation with Putin. You know, what do you need that you'll stop this war? You know, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? And let's sit down and talk about it. These things could be done rationally. We don't need to go to World War III. But I think these demonic, I mean demonic, these Marxists, our negation, the social justice theory is aimed to destroy. And that's the subject of my, I go through that in 500 pages in print, I'm sure, in the second book I'm writing after this climate book. And it will be equally, I think, for those who take the time to read it, it's going to be equally eye-opening to see how the uh, neo-Marxist Entire worldview evolved from uh, Immanuel Kant, Hegel, through Marx, through the Frankfurt School, thinkers like Marcuse, postmodernism. I mean, we do not understand the decades that have been spent creating the ideology and the phenomenology, the worldview of the neo-Marxist, and they're also cultural Maoists. Uh, that believe in the social justice theory, which has nothing to do with justice. It has to do with destroying uh, the cultural values of capitalism in order to destroy capitalism. And that's what's really going on. And uh, they're largely successful right now. Uh, again, stopping them is not going to be easy. Uh, I still have always said that in the end, God always wins. I just hesitate to think about what in the end means. Yeah, I worry about that, too. And even though the Great Awakening is real, these people do have a lot of power. And now they're beginning to act like cornered dogs to a large degree. And when John Bolton talks about assassinating Putin, saying that he is a strategic target of war, uh, this dangerous escalation towards World War Three should be troubling to everybody. And I know that it is. And furthermore, because I don't trust John Bolton and the neocons any more than I trusted the white helmets in Syria. If I can find it, guys, I will try to find a video, which I, I know existed. And if I do find it, it's probably because I'll use Bing here in post-production or something. You can't find anything using Google. But what appears to be some sort of, you could call it maybe a tactical nuclear explosion. I have seen videos of stuff like that. My point is, is that if some sort of tactical nuke or some large explosion said to be a tactical nuke goes off in Ukraine, <laughs> are we to believe that it was uh, Putin who did it with John Bolton, everybody warmongering like this? I don't know. I mean, just cooler heads need to prevail and uh, cooler heads would prevail if Trump was still in. But we've got Sleepy Joe, the puppet. So I guess given uh, the fact that PayPal is uh, being punished, now that users are canceling their accounts, and by the way, I got banned from PayPal, so I didn't have to cancel my account. They canceled it for me about a year, year and a half or two ago. They wanted to fine users of PayPal $2,500, Dr. Corsi, if PayPal says that they've caught you spreading misinformation or hate. And the reaction has been visceral. Zero Hedge noting PayPal's being punished 6% today, and all sorts of people from Robbie Starbuck to, I believe, Tom Fitton was in here, uh, closing their PayPal accounts because of this blatant fascist 
censorious, totalitarian, authoritarian nightmare called PayPal. So oh, there's Candace Owens. The point, Doc, is that uh, you and I aren't alone. They banned us and now they want to ban everybody. Well, the if you recall the when the truck convoy was coming across Canada and um, Trudeau said he was going to confiscate the bank accounts or freeze the bank accounts of those participating in the truck convoys, it immediately backfired. I mean, that uh, these people would not hesitate to employ a kind of Chinese social democracy or however you want to call it, social rating score, yeah. where you could be denied credit, you could be denied access to your money, you could be denied travel. Basically, you could be banned from living uh, and and sentenced to die because you couldn't get access to anything uh, if they just if they thought you had committed a thought crime. And um, again, if we get to that point, uh, then I, I just think we are uh, we will be in World War Three. These demons, if for, I make a major point of this in the new book, is that the it is demonic. They want to put this transhumanism on the throne of God. Uh, they don't. They're not. They don't believe in God. Or if they do believe in God, they hate God which is what Marx did. Marx believed in God. He hated God. Same as Saul Alinsky, who dedicated a book to his rules and again, rules for radicals to Lucifer, who had, by his rebellion, won a kingdom. That's hard to find, by the way, in current printings of rules for radicals. You have to find the original, which I have a copy of, the original printing of it. But at any rate, they hated God. And it's a, it's a fundamental function of the Judeo-Christian tradition is God created man. The New World Order is that man created God. Like Sigmund Freud, you know, God was an illusion we created in order for social discipline and sexual restraint. So we've got to get rid of God and then we'll be able to be free. It's absolutely insane. It's about negation, about destroying what exists, about destroying capitalism. It's only capable of destroying. will produce wars. And uh, you're going to find again that they will actually be happy to depopulate my book. The first of the th volumes of this trilogy on climate makes it clear that the climate change movement began after World War II as the overpopulation movement. Uh, Paul Ehrlich was one of the leaders. Uh, people don't remember Harrison Brown. He was a scientist in World War II. He wrote a number of books in the 50s. Say there's too many people. We're going to use up all the resources of Earth, so we've got to get rid of people. And that's where this whole death cult, which is the foundation, that that movement with Ehrlich morphed into climate change once John Holden started writing books. He was Obama's science czar. He was a scientist. So he studied plasma nuclear physics, and he decided to join with Ehrlich, who was on the depopulation theme, and say, let's make e echo science and find a way to say that carbon dioxide is going to cause us a climate catastrophe. They first thought it was going to be an ice age, then they made it into global warming because hydrocarbon fuels emit carbon dioxide. And uh, that's the engine, the hydrocarbon fuels of, of capitalism. If we can el eliminate hydrocarbon fuels, millions of people will die. And they'll be happy with that. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in to the SGT Report podcast. This is a good time for a quick break. 
Were you aware of the fact that silver prices are low due to paper manipulation by bankers? Yeah, it's true, but guess what? I just did an interview with David Jensen, and Jensen believes the Fed just triggered a terminal run on the silver market because of their printing. We should see a huge demand in coming months for physical silver. It's a perfect time to get your silver IRA started. And this month, you'll get an incredible free three ounce silver American virtue coin with a qualified IRA of $20,000 or higher. Call the team right now at 877-646-5347 or just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Yeah, I know. And you uh, are 100% right. You really sum it up by saying if they believe in God, they hate God. And, you know, it just makes me think that uh, sort of as in the days of Noah is where they want to go. They want to take us back to that very dark satanic place where diligence and temperance and patience and forgiveness and love and mercy, those are all chucked out the window and people instead are to embrace the seven deadly sins. I really think that is the model for the new world order. And so now we'll bridge into your article because this is all part of the same story. So your new article on American Thinker titled The Media's Rank Dishonesty About Climate Change and Hurricane Ian needs to be talked about because I mentioned PNAC earlier. The project for a new American century prior to 9-11 was calling for a new Pearl Harbor. They were calling for a cataclysmic and catalyzing event so they could take the American people into wars we otherwise would never approve. And it reminds me a bit of the Club of Rome. They wanted also something catalyzing that they could whipsaw humanity together to fight against. And they sort of came up with this idea of ice age, and then it became global warming. And now it's just climate change. So let's go to your article and let's talk about Hurricane Ian. My friend Dane Wigington did a powerful interview with Mike Adams over at Natural News. And he talked about some very mysterious oddities about Hurricane Ian, which let me just say or infer might imply this thing was supercharged with, say, energy weapons or manipulation. But according to the mainstream media, it's all climate change. we got to blame Ian on climate change. Well, everything is blamed on climate change. And I wrote this article. You'll scroll down a bit. You'll see I, I quoted all the people. Michael Mann, of course, with the hockey stick. He was immediately out there saying this is all a climate catastrophe. It's here. It's present climate disruption, all the various things that they're completely saying. That's Michael Mann's article that you're showing right now on the hockey stick. And uh, it's completely nonsense how that really um, was there. I mean, it, it, this whole hockey stick was a falsified data. We scroll, if I scroll down the article, what, I'm, what I finally go to is I show Michael Schellenberger, who's also written a very good book on this apocalypse never. He's making it very clear that uh, the these increasing hurricane damage, et cetera, is largely because there's more people, more property in harm's way. Uh, and then I, I went to the NOAA website, which is the, you know, the government's website. Go down a little bit further right there and down a little bit further. They, they have a very extensive article, which I'm sure after I pointed it out will be gone soon. I, I screen captured it. But what this article basically says is they were looking at the premise that we're getting more hurricanes because global warming is causing the oceans to warm. Of course, hurricanes tend to form over the warming in the uh, in the oceans. They're a natural event. So this article was studying whether there were more hurricanes now because of global warming. And uh, what this article pointed out was that, in fact, if you go back looking at the historical data, 
Uh, and the historical data doesn't go back very far because it wasn't observation in the Atlantic and Pacific before there was a lot of sea traffic. But if you take a look at and adjust for the unobserved hurricanes going back into the 1800s, there are no, there's no increase in frequency or severity of these storms. That part right there about the existing records, and as I quoted as well back in my article, you can see that again, the fundamental conclusion, that one conclusion, climate change detection studies, which have looked at attribute this in terms of the increase in hurricanes to carbon dioxide, Noah concluded that there is no evidence that documents that. No evidence at all that documents that. And then I found the, the scientist who just did a report on it, and uh, I quote his report extensively. Uh, the, the article was done by Thomas Knudsen, by the way, on NOAA, who was a senior scientist at NOAA, quite qualified, and the article is actually quite honest. But then I, I found that there's also a Australian meteorologist named uh, William Kinnanmonth, K-I-N-I-N-M-O-N-T-H. And he did a study. If you take a look down, scroll down a little bit further, he looked at all of the, I guess I'll scroll off a bit. He did a study of all the different uh, hurricanes, et cetera, and carbon dioxide. First of all, carbon dioxide is a trace molecule in the atmosphere. It's 0.04% of the atmosphere, four one-hundredth of 1%. Four one hundredths of one percent, and water vapor is far more of a greenhouse gas. About seventy percent of all the greenhouse gases. And what he showed was that the increase in sea temperatures, which have occurred since the industrial age, would require an enormous amount of energy, whereas the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which has increased marginally, about two hundred parts per million in the beginning of the industrial age around 1750 to 400 parts per million approximately today, would not produce enough energy to cause the oceans to warm to the extent required to be responsible for carbon dioxide to cause more hurricanes or more serious hurricanes. And uh, what he concluded says that while a small amount of extra energy has gone into the, into the tropical ocean surface as a result of increased carbon dioxide, eight times as much has also been escaping to the atmosphere, carbon dioxide, and iridation. That means the infrared rays from the sun that are, that are absorbed by the earth and released back into the atmosphere in the evenings at night. So the absorption of additional radi radiation energy from the change in carbon dioxide concentration is insufficient to support the rise in latent heat loss from the increase in surface temperatures. In other words, you are not getting enough energy. I show you his energy equations in this article. He's not, you're not getting enough energy from that small amount of increase in carbon dioxide to cause any appreciable uh, increase in the surface temperature of the oceans. What does cause the increase in surface temperature of the oceans is that the oceans are really part of the climate machine and they're these kind of wheels that revolve and how they change uh, and how they shift affects the temperature of the surface of the oceans. That's really where the change comes because the Earth's entire weather pattern is to take the sun, which hits us mostly at the equator, and to distribute that heat to the poles that are, where a colder, less sun hits, and also to the higher atmosphere. 
And the greenhouse gases are important to at least capture some of the uh, these radiant energy from the sun that's escaping at night. If we didn't have greenhouse gases, this planet would not be inhabitable for human beings. And if we didn't have weather patterns, we wouldn't be able to do to distribute heat as the Earth does as efficiently as it can, given the concentration. We'd have a very hot equator, very frigid upper atmosphere, and very frigid poles. And that's not the way this planet functions. So the basic premises of the global warming crowd do not understand the, the fundamental principles of climate science. And I spent 400 pages in this current book about energy, global warming, and climate change. These books are all going to be called The Truth About. Truth About Energy, Global Warming, and Climate Change. The next one, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism, and Anarchy. And the subtitle is Exposing Climate Lies in an Age of Disinformation. The second book will be Exposing uh, Social Justice Lies in an Age of Disinformation. And we're living under these manufactured narratives that the left wants to be true, they think at a higher level, you know, like Comey's, a higher loyalty justifies them taking these utopian values and making the, the earth or climate or energy comply to their wishes, which always end up in depopulation. That's right. Um, it, it's amazing to me how satanic the whole thing is. And uh, I even quote Whitaker Chambers, who is a communist who converted from communism and exposed Alger Hiss in the 1950s, who was a communist. Um, and Alger, I'm sorry, Whitaker Chambers in his, his great book, Witness, wrote a preface to his children. And he said, this all stems back to the Garden of Eden and Satan's great lie. Just God doesn't exist. He's dead. I'm in charge. Uh, just eat this fruit and you'll know what I know. You'll know what God didn't want you to know. We'll rule this place. We'll make it We'll make it perfect. God made you suffer. God's dead. It's a bad idea. I'll make it work here. Follow me. And Satan's plan always ends up in concentration camps, genocide, mass murder, poverty, depopulation. And he harvests as many souls as he can get. And I've come as I've grown older to see the wisdom of the Garden of Eden parable in Genesis. Yeah, we see it too. And I think uh, this is a good segue to my final question for you, which is how much longer do you think the mainstream horror media in bed with corporations, in bed with government, in bed with agencies of government can gaslight the American people? And here's what I'm driving at. If you have any problem with this last election in which the puppet was installed, this guy named Joe Biden, you're an election denier. If you have any problem with the IPCC fudging data and any of the conversation you and I just had regarding climate change, well, you're a climate change denier. So shut up and pay carbon taxes to bankers and give up fossil fuels. And if you believe that the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine is dangerous and there's an FDA slide proving that, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. Are we not at a tipping point, Doc? I mean, how much longer can they gaslight us when people are waking up this fact about all of this stuff? Well, another reason I decided just to write books is, first of all, I don't know how it looks to me like we've already started World War Three. I think Donald Trump is right about that. And World War Three will be nuclear. And uh, it's not doesn't appear to be very far away. If, if that doesn't happen, 
uh, the currency is going to be completely debased and we're going to end up with a worthless dollar. Uh, we're going to end up with a world depression of massive magnitude. Uh, and the future looks to me like, you know, these all the end days or apocalypse, uh, it, it's happening. The events are unfolding right in front of us. So I don't really plan that my books are going to be read right now because they're going to be suppressed. People don't know about them. I mean, thank you, Sean, for allowing me to, to talk about them. The point is that I don't, you know, there's not, not, not enough publicity and people are so pressed. They're not going to afford money for a book. I, we, that's why we got these out in paperback right away, make them as cheap as we can. I mean, it's, this is not a money-making proposition for me. I don't expect to make money from books anymore. I don't expect they'll be read. I'm writing these for later, for after this is over. Now, if there is anything later, if, if there is a later, and I'm not 100% certain there will be, but you know, if God chooses, and I keep telling people now it's time for Second Chronicles 7.14, which is time for God's intervention. I wrote a book in the Battle of Bastogne about how God does in, in, intervene in World War II. I wrote that book several years ago. It's one of my favorite books called No Greater Valor. Another book did not get read very well because I talked about God and nobody wants you to know about God or to read about God. Most of my books do eventually talk about God. And uh, that makes them extremely unpopular because we're supposed to all be so secular and sophisticated we're beyond God. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons God's going to be teaching us a lesson here pretty soon. It's going to be hard to avoid. Um, as I say, and I always say in the end, God, God, you know, God created this place. He can unplug it anytime he wants. It, it's not here permanently. It, it looks physical. It's not precisely physical. It's more spiritual when you get down to the energy level of what makes this place function and our perception of it. But the point is, uh, we forget that. And in forgetting that, we go back to thinking we can create these wonderful systems that are going to make everything perfect. And as soon as we're told that by the new world order, you get a Harari coming along and he's all next talking about, we need to get rid of this group of people. You get these people are useless. These people are useless. And we're back to another Holocaust. So I'm not very optimistic at the moment. But I never count it out because you don't know what God's going to do in the last second. So true. A chip in a chair. That's the old poker saying. I still have a chip. I got a chair. I'm in the game, uh, even though I'm going to have to go all in on this next hand. I sure hope I have pocket aces. Well, maybe humanity does have pocket aces. Doc, I mean, the truth is on our side and all they have left is lies and gaslighting and their approval rating. Look at all the things they control. Big pharma, low approval rating. Big media, mainstream horror media very low approval rating. The Congress, the people that are bought and paid for, low approval rating. So what do you think happens here in November with these elections? I mean, isn't this the moment we take it back or they steal it permanently? Well, yes. I mean, I think that's right. I think I read today that uh, even Obama is not helping the deluge of Democratic candidates who are certain they're going to lose in November. Uh, and I can't imagine voting for the Democrats unless you're part of this woke crowd and want to destroy America, I think people you know, are going to universally uh, come out and vote against the Democrats. They're not necessarily going to vote for the Republicans. Republicans aren't much better. 
but they're not going to put this crowd back in power. But I don't know that the elections will be fair. I don't know that we'll have a chance to have a fair election ever again in this country. And uh, all the efforts that continue to be made for mail-in voting are you know, inherently easy to be manipulated, cheated, stuffed with ballots that don't really exist as real ballots. That's been known forever. And then the mainstream media doesn't allow you to talk about it because, again, lawfare, you can't say uh, the presidential election was stolen because it takes a state to decertify according to the legal requirements. A first-year law school is spent learning how to think like a lawyer, which means common sense doesn't mean anything. So the legal definition of a stolen presidential election is when a state decertifies, and so far no state has decertified. Uh, I think the fact is even a child can see the emperor doesn't have any clothes on, and we'll just see how long the they can get away with this charade. Uh, obviously, Sean, I haven't given up because I'm still writing books. Right. Now, I know. I know you are. You're writing books and uh, we're all going to stay in the fight. But uh, I got to tell you, one of the litmus tests for whether or not this thing was stolen, whether or not we have a fair election here in November is going to be this Carrie Lake versus the Democrat loon she's running against in Arizona for governor. The loon, Katie Hobbs, who refuses to participate in a debate about the issues facing the people of Arizona. That's how far gone these Democrats are. They don't even want to have debates because they know they can't win on the issues. Dr. Corsi, this is just as plain as a line in the sand. It's just as plain as the sun in the sky. These people are morally bankrupt and they're going down in flames in November if we have fair elections. Well, that's the big if, isn't it? And I you know, this book I've just written on the climate, I think if you read it, uh, it makes it abundantly clear the uh, how primitive and twisted the uh, this UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is, how they know their data is rigged. Uh, they know this is not how the climate works. They do not want to tell you about uh, cataclysmic climate events. They don't want to tell you that 80% of the Earth's history, there was no life on the surface of the Earth. They want to tell you we had five extinctions before human beings ever got here, of mass extinctions of just about everything that lived on the planet. They don't want to tell you that carbon dioxide was massively higher in Earth's history than it is today. And uh, mostly they lie and rig the data in order to come to their conclusions. So you're dealing with Political science, politicized science, what it is, politicized science, it's appears scientific. It's got the trappings of science, and they pronounce it as if it's scientifically true, but it's just simply ideology. Uh, a true scientist rejects this uh, kind of easily, and I tried to explain the climate science so people can get just how completely they've been lied to, and I, I think people are catching on. The good news is I know people are catching on. They really are. So keep doing what you're doing. People are waking up. They're really waking up in droves. I keep saying that, but I'm seeing evidence of it. I've been in this fight since 2009, 2010. You've been at it a lot longer than me, but I'm seeing so many people out there now speaking the truth. People like Tom Fitton, people like Candace Owens, people who are high profile, who did not say the things that I say 
just a few years ago, but now they're saying them. They're calling this thing a bioweapon. They're calling this thing an election that was stolen. They're calling this thing phony climate change in the name of carbon taxes for bankers. It's all coming out and all the mainstream horror media can do along with their corporate partners in government is gaslight. That's all they got left is lie and gaslight us and tell us to shut up and pay our carbon taxes and give up our fossil fuels. Guys, our guest has been Dr. Jerome Corsi. Doc, shout out the site for people. It's uh, drjeromecorsi.com. It's just my name spelled out with D-R, not doctor, but D-R, Jerome Corsi, J-E-R-O-M-E-C-O-R-S-I.com. And Jonathan, in conclusion, let me say one thing that, you know, I, I fought, I'm probably the only one that Mueller threatened to indict that didn't get indicted. I walked away from that. Mueller lost. I didn't lie. Uh, they wanted me to talk about Julian Assange's connection to uh, Trump for the Russian collusion. I was probably the last piece of evidence they needed. I didn't have it. It wasn't true. I didn't contact Julian Assange. Never did. Still haven't. And um, I'm glad to see Others are now getting into the fight. I, I've kind of, I, I kind of did my duty on that one, and now I'm I'm going to a different level. I don't want to be involved in the day to day politics. I want to write, you know, some more lasting materials, some more thoughtful materials. You know, instead of getting a book out instantly, I'm going to probably take a year to write a book. But think about it, and um, the I, I think I, I want to leave a legacy. So those who come after us, as they say, if there is an after us, have a way to go back and say, how did this insanity happen? Just as at the end of World War II, a lot of rational people said, how did Hitler ever get the power he did with his madness? And um, go back to Charles McKay, who wrote in the 1800s a very beautiful, wonderful book called uh, you know, Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And I, I quoted his first sentence today, starting in the introduction of my new book, which is basically that millions of people catch on to these illusions. They chase after them until they fall into some disaster. They recover, then they chase after the next illusion. It's one of the bizarre phenomenons of human history that people tend to believe a lie much easier than discern a truth. And a big lie told repeatedly insisted upon is very hard for the average person to resist. And uh, I've been trying very desperately to expose this to people and would like to see this characteristic eliminated from human beings. I don't know if it's possible. I know me too. And uh, I was just thinking about this last night. In fact, as I was looking at some new information coming across the wires about young, beautiful women who have taken the bioweapon and didn't know it was a bioweapon and are now paying a very, very heavy price physically, emotionally. They're train wrecks. Their bodies are in terrible shape. They feel like they're dying. Some of them are dying, but they proudly put out on social media the images of the day they got their injection back in the day. I think most people at this point, so many people, Dr. Corsi, are NPCs. They're non-player characters. They're actually not involved in the fight for humanity because they don't even understand wars being waged against them. And that's the job we're doing here is to try to wake up people. So we ask our audience, our dear, wonderful audience to spread this information far and wide because as people like Klaus Schwab write a book called The Great Reset and his sidekick, Yuval Noah Harari writes a book called, I think it's called Sapiens. We have Dr. Corsi 
writing the truth about energy, global warming, and climate change. So at least for posterity's sake in the future, maybe if people care, even if we lose this war, they'll at least understand what the war was about. And it literally is a spiritual war. Harari and Schwab, they hate God. You got that right, Doc. You got that right. All right. I want to thank you for your time today, sir. Again, the website, guys, drjeromecorsi.com. Dr. Corsi, thank you. My great pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. And friends, I'll thank each and every one of you for tuning in. A very special thank you to our subscribe stars. Hey, thanks for picking up the gap. I mean, we had, I don't know, 15, 16, 1700 Patreons and Patreon nuked us. So some of y'all stepped in and you're supporting us at Subscribestar. Thank you so much. And others of you are supporting us at sgtreport.tv, where we have a server where it's beyond the reach of Big Brother. And we post all of this content ad-free. So I want to thank all of you for supporting us. And I'll remind everybody for free every single day, you can check us out and get real news, the antidote to corporate propaganda at sgtreport.com 24-7. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. You know, you can trade digital promissory notes forever and, and set the price wherever you want forever, as long as there's adequate uh, physical uh, metal in the market. And when there's actual shortage of physical metal, what these guys are trading is promissory notes. And uh, especially in London, I mean, that's the majority of the world's physical uh, silver trading. And so what we see here is that that drawdown there in the London um, silver inventory and by the way, there's two thirds of the remaining silver that's there is owned by the ETFs. And then a big chunk of the last 300 million ounces is privately held, not available to the market. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe 20 or 30 million ounces left in the UK that's available to market.